Some days are terrible. You wish that you were dead, and some days are magical, like grape banana bread. Someday we'll be friends with the voices in our heads. The voices in our heads. You're here. You did it. You didn't kill yourself. I'm so happy. Hello, welcome to the voices in our buttholes. I'm Christina Hutchinson. Pardon me. Oh, so rude. Um, Kansas City, Missouri. I don't know if we've been in you before. I can't fucking remember. Isn't that weird? I gotta stop smoking the wacky grass. Either way, we're gonna be in you this Friday and Saturday, May 15th and 16th. When I say we, I mean me and Corinne Fisher. At the Improv, two shows each night. I think, you know, I think we've been to Kansas City before, and it wasn't great. So, change our minds and come out to the show. Uh, New York, New York, we're not banging. That's me and Justin Silver. We're also hosting a show called We're Not Banging. Uh, Wednesday, May 26th, that's happening at 7.30 and 9.30 p.m. at The Stand. That's a real bougie club where you got, you. well, you don't have to dress up, but you can if you want. And sign up for my Patreon, because... Um, I would like you to, and I would like to build buy a building and turn it into an immersive theater experience. You know, y'all, I'm also playing the lottery. Um, it's up to four hundred and nine million dollars, and anyone can win, so I can win. So shut up. That's what I I say to myself, and I look up at the sky as if I'm talking to I don't know God. I don't even know who I'm talking to, but I'm like, okay, you don't want me to win just yet, huh? You want the jackpot to get bigger and then I'll win. Okay, all right, I see what you're doing and I appreciate you. So I keep playing the lotto. But, you know, subscribe to my Patreon and I won't have to. Do you know what I want to do? I want to make bank on my Patreon because because I want to buy, I really want to buy this building because I keep thinking about it and um, I don't have a building in mind and it's probably not going to be in Manhattan. It's probably going to be in another borough. So it's a little cheaper so I don't have to raise $8 billion. You know what I'm saying? But it's doable, and I'm going to figure it out. But subscribe to my Patreon. I'll remind you again at the end, because I'm an annoying piece of shit. No. Yes, I will. You know, let's get right into the Looney Tunes of it all, okay? Let's start with some fuckboy theater. We're going to start with some fuckboy theater. This is a bio. Um, (laughs) It's fucking fucking idiot. This is a bio. I don't know what app this is. Side note, I went back on the dating apps. I went on Raya and Hinge because I got that photo shoot that was so beautiful, but we can't post any of the photos yet. So Corinne was like, just put it on a dating app profile and then someone will see it. And I'm like, okay, that's good. People want to fuck me. I'll see these photos of me being fuckable. (laughs) And then if I want to fuck them, then we'll fuck each other. That's the dating apps, basically. But I made the profile, and I was like, oh, man. these." And I I went through about two days of just rotating the photos because I couldn't decide which one was the hottest photos. I was like, is that hotter than that photo? I can't tell. I've been staring at him for too long. But I switched out the photo, and I finally got it to a point where I would look back on my profile and go, yeah, I'd fuck me. And I was happy with it. And then I haven't checked the dating app since. <laughs> So that tells me that I'm not really doing it to meet somebody and I'm not taking that part seriously. Um, I don't know. I'm just I'm just being curious about my own behavior, guys. That's all we can ask for. Either way, this is a bio on some fucking app. And the guy in his pictures, he looks he's 37. He's a straight man. Duh. Duh. I know there are gay male fuckboys, but boy, not many. I, or they're fuckboys in a totally different way that's a little more palpable, to be honest. Here we go. Straight man fuckboy Friday. So his, oh, his pictures. He kind of looks like a douche. You could, if you looked at him, God, I think he's hot, which is annoying. But he's got like long hair. I'm a sucker for long hair in a guy or like a man bun. I've always loved man buns and I always fucking will. So... And the guy looks like he dresses nice, but he could very easily be a douche. You don't know. And the profile, this profile, I don't know if this dating app's like one that's super specific. I don't know. I've never seen this dating app, but he uses the word kilometers. Oh, wait, no, it says miles. Never mind. So he's not a European. Not that that would have made any. I don't know. I'm like, what is this, like a Europe dating app or something? But he very clearly 
is American. <laughs> Either way, I'm going to read this dating app profile in a voice that this guy probably does not have, but I think it would be funny if he did have. He looks like a model. Okay, ready? Wait, let me get in the zone. Hold on. Just give me a second. For many, casual means without significance. But when I'm captivated by someone, hot sex with nonchalance is liberation erudite. I chase a light and refined aesthetic where those of us who are mutually fascinated include erotic tension, attentive disrobing, the counting of peach fuzz with fingertips, <laughs> the exploration of skin with lips. This is Dr. Seuss. Sensual overindulgence and ephemeral gasps among many ways we watch, feel, breathe, taste, hear, and otherwise satiate one another. <laughs> I love... I'm not even close to done. I love dining with a, with a refined woman in an elegant backless dress, knowing the cardinal cascades of orgasm soon to come. <laughs> Let's dinner and play, bringing torsos to shudder, legs to tremor, and roll eyes back into heads. I find it particularly delightful to make married women's fantasies come true. <laughs> He's probably gotten punched by a lot of husbands and doesn't care. I enjoy being a third when all are focusing on the woman. AKA he won't suck dick. Can bull, dob, or serve. Am comfortable and flexible around your man for male, female, male threesubs. That kind of sounds nice. Usually in Austin or Milan, but travel regularly to Chicago and other cities under normal circumstances. Six foot four slash 193 centimeters with associated proportions elsewhere. Took me way too long to find my button. <laughs> I may have the coolest occupation you've perhaps never heard of. I'm discreet, delightful, intellectual, fit, too busy, and sincere. <laughs> Not new to kink or ENM. I'm always tested. Not into indefinite messaging. Was on here as a married couple before... My now ex, in parentheses, Polly, wife, fell for a woman who wanted to be exclusive. Shrug emoji. <laughs> Interests include refinement, figure, eyes, shapely legs, artists, sparkle, books, dimples, and singles. <clears throat> Desires include this must be some kind of kink app. I don't know. Erotic tension, male, female, male, female, female, male, female, male, female, male, female, couples, three subs, DP, petite, cream pie. That's <laughs> scene. I'm just, I'm laughing at how funny that bio is in the voice that I did. <laughs> Guys, if you don't make yourself laugh, you're just going to fall off a cliff, okay? That's, you got to make yourself laugh. And you got to bring good coffee. That was, that was quick. Um, I watched the rest of Brene Brown has a special on Netflix I think it's like daring greatly. And I know I talked, it was it last week or the week before about, uh, <laughs> about how like I, I, I stayed away from Brene Brown cause she reminded me of like a racist white lady in the South. Like she had the accent and the hair and the, she had, she looked like the mom who would call the cops on a little black boy for selling lemonade. Like she looked like, and I know that that's me projecting my own because of my experience from living in the South. And she's not like that, which is great. But not only is she not like, I, at the end of her talk, 
she and I, I watched the rest of her Netflix special, and I and I still had to tell myself like she's not like those ladies. She's not a bad. She's not a piece of shit white lady because she just sounds you know the Southern accent really has a bad rap for a reason. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> yeah, just cough into the mic, Christina. But anyway, she talked about um, she she talked about Black Lives Matter. She talked about me too, and I was like, well, God damn it, that's good. I'm glad she's doing that. Wow, she's an example of a good white lady, but she really has the costume of a bad white lady. So that's nice. I like when people surprise me. You know, I like being surprised. I like I like. There's this one Instagram account where oh, fuck, it's like. What's his, what is his fucking handle? I'm not going to remember it. I'll just tell you that right now. But his name's like something white. It's a big fat white guy with a southern accent. And you think he's a get off my lawn motherfucker. Like, ugh. He just, I see him and I go, ugh, I don't want to. But that he's actually like super pro Black Lives Matter and talk and like talks to other white people because it's white people. We are the ones with the problem. Houston, white people are the ones with the problem. It's our problem. That means we have to fix it. You pieces of shit. And he actually talks about how to be anti-racist. And I'm like, wow, well, I love when people surprise me. And they're not racist pieces of shit. But, um, yeah, Brene Brown talked about uh, the importance of the movements that are that were happening and are happening, Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movement, and how, you know, stop, stop trying to... Don't, don't expect yourself to be the perfect ally. Just shut the fuck up and listen basically is what she said and i'm like well shit southern white lady who you think we'd if i had to give bet i would probably say oh i don't know about her she might be karen but she's not and i think that's nice you know it's nice but one of the quotes that she said that made me go oh that hurt that's really good she said for some people it's easier to cause pain than to feel pain and i was like you you hit a lot of nails on the head with that one and she's just yelling at the audience to stop acting out their pain on others. And I was like, you tell him, Brene Brown. You fucking tell him. You can stay on my lawn. You can you party on my lawn. That's Brene Brown. Everyone's welcome. <laughs> I was playing <laughs> I was playing piano earlier. Cause for my Patreon, I'm once a month I'm gonna do a variety show for my apartment. And I can't decide if I'm ready yet to do a piano recital. I don't think I am. <laughs> Because I'm, I'm a, well, I was a perfectionist, and now I'm a <clears throat> person who really doesn't want to fuck up. <clears throat> I coughed. Not into the mic that time, so I got you guys. So I was trying to figure out, like, what do I wanted to do for this variety show? Because I wanted to be good, because I really like thinking of these ideas. Um, And I haven't thought, but I don't think I'm ready for the piano recital yet because there's still a couple songs I really want to learn. But I'm like, how do I sing and play piano and not feel like an asshole? And I know that's a me problem. Because whenever I've posted videos, everyone's like, that's really good. I'm like, thanks. But I'm just, but really inside, I'm like, "Mm, thanks. You, oh God, I'm such a fraud. Everyone's probably like, stay in your lane. Voices in my head are cunts. But I was singing um, and playing Foolish Games by Jewel. And I was just making up the words. But when you actually listen to the words of that song, you're like, you were dating a real piece of shit, Jewel. Like, he didn't like you at all. He was just wanted you for your vagina or something because that man you're describing in those lyrics, you seem to really fancy him and he seems to not give a shit about you. And you just, you just, he just did a lot of talking and you were like, wow, you're God's gift. And he was like, I know. So you just fed his narcissism. That's what that song's about. That I was thinking of a way to sing and play and not feel like an idiot would be to add commentary in between. So I was just pra- I was just practicing. I was being a little goofy on my piano before I hit record on this. And I was making myself laugh. <laughs> and that's all I'm going to tell you. Uh, yeah, so look out for that. I'll probably post it. I'll post it on my social media when I figure out the dates for that if you want to watch it live. And if you don't want to watch it live, the video will be up on Patreon. Wow. Stop acting your pain out on others, guys. It's fucked up. I've been watching some TV lately, which is new. A lot of products and services are really bragging about doing the thing or getting an appointment or visiting a doctor or a specialist without having to leave your couch. Guys, we got to leave our couch. That's why we're all depressed. Got to go outside and leave our couch. It's to the point where the pro- when the product says in a commercial, 
And you don't even have to leave your couch. I'm not going to buy that product because I do not want to foster an environment of laziness, okay? I want to have relaxation in my life, but I also want to get off the goddamn couch. Jesus Christ. It's weird that they name diseases after people. I was thinking about that a lot. Lou Gehrig's disease. I mean, (laughs) some legacy that is. So now his name is associated with getting terrible news about, you know, a premature death you're about to experience. Like, I'm pretty sure. Wait, do you you die with Lou Gehrig's? Don't know how to spell that. Disease. If ALS is fatal. Yeah. So. Oh, ALS. Wait, so that's not Lou Gehrig's. The famous. Oh, Stephen. Oh, that's the thing Stephen Hawkins had. Wait, so why is it called Lou? Is it called ALS? Or is it Lou Gehrig's? Well, either way, I hear people call it Lou Gehrig's disease. And I just feel like maybe we should not name diseases after people. Because that's fucking rude. And it's like, you know, if you if you have the unfortunate experience of, you know, you witnessing a loved one, an elderly loved one pass away, but you see them suffering at the end, like if they have like a disease or, or the day that they tell you I have Lou Gehrig's disease. When you think of Lou Gehrig, you're just going to think of you, you dying ma or something. You know what I mean? Like, poor Lou. I don't think Lou wants that. Who is Lou Gehrig? Wait, who is Lou Gehrig? I don't need a producer. I'm my own producer. Who is Lou Gehrig? Oh, that's not how you spell his name at all. Shocker. Do you guys think I was going to spell it right? Because if you did, have you listened to this podcast? N-O-9. Henry Lou Gehrig. Born Henrik Ludwig Gehrig. Mm, I bet he fancied him some Jews. 1903, mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, I'm just surmising here. I'm being funny. Was an American professional baseball first baseman who played 17 seasons. Great. He was like good and stuff. Wow. Um, why is Lou Gehrig's disease named after him? Uh, the Yankees baseball player was forced to retire after developing the disease. Yeah, I mean, so when I think of Lou Gehrig, I remember, I know that he's a baseball player, kind of. I kind of knew that. But I also think of his shitty ending to his career because of the disease. So maybe can we not just stop naming diseases after people? Obviously, this disease is also called ALS. So I feel like, was that the one where you dump the buckets of ice? And everyone's like, oh, I want to do it because I want to show my tits. <laughs> I'm going to show my tits. It's so funny. Look at my tits. I tried to do it, do it, the ALS challenge, because I also wanted to show my tits. But boy, when you move fast on a video in a bathing suit, it's not as cute as you think it's going to be in your head. Which, oh, I was watching CNN last night, Don Lemon. That's where all these commercials were saying, you don't have to get, you don't have to, you don't even have to get off your couch. That shouldn't be the selling point of a thing. We got to get out, go outside. But he was saying how South Carolina honors the Confederacy on Confederate Memorial Day. Okay, white people, let's stop being huge pieces of shit. The Confederacy lost over, and it was about slavery. If you you can't, the Confederacy, the 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 Civil War, the Confederacy, the South of the United States, they secede. They wanted to be separate. Because of slavery, because they wanted to keep enslaved people. That's the other. I was, um, I was uh, listening to, and I didn't say reading. I said listening to because I'm honest about myself. <laughs> How to be an anti-racist by Ibram X. Kendi, and he was saying, "Don't say slaves, say enslaved people." And I'm like, "That is a very yes. That's true. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. Enslaved people." That's why the South succeed. That's why they're like, see, uh, I don't want any part of this because we still want to have enslaved people. We still want to own human beings. And they fucking celebrate it. And I'm like, you fucking idiot. Why? The You can't say if you support that. You're being a piece of shit because you're also supporting the South's desire to want to enslave human beings. Okay, 
God damn. If you are listening to this and you live in the South and you're a white person, you better fucking tell these other... Like, you fucking say something, God damn it. Jesus Christ. Because we're the problem. And only we can fix us. Okay? Oh, my God. Don Lemon, Don Lemon was interviewing um, the African-American studies professor at Harvard who was white. And I'm like, or at least he looked white. He looked pretty white. And I was like, is that weird? I feel like that's a little weird. Shouldn't he not be white? Because he can't really speak to any experienced stuff or, okay, sure. Well, hey, whatever. But Don Lemon had him on. So I was like, okay, I guess he's a good person. It's just, it's real. We gotta stop being pieces of shit. Speaking of pieces of shit, <laughs> y'all, I'm moving. I cannot live in Murray Hill anymore. Holy hell. I mean, I'm New York ain't dead. New York is back. But my God, this neighborhood, I've graduated from it. Mentally, emotionally, physically, everything. So I'm gonna move. I'm, I'm gonna email my buildings management company. And for the first time in 11 years, this girl's moving out. I don't know where I'm going to move to, but it ain't Murray Hill. And also, they put sca- I live on the first floor on a very busy street. They put scaffolding up on my building. So it covers my windows. Not like fully, but there's like a roof over the building a little bit, basically. Like, an awn- like a giant awning. That's what it's like. But it keeps the sunlight out. So now I cannot have any sunlight in my apartment. And I'm like, oh, you just want me to die? Okay, yeah. that's No, it's fine. Don't worry. It's okay. I'm just going to move. I mean, the amount of drunken, of drunk, like 20-somethings in Murray Hill that yell at night is, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot less than pre-pandemic. But when the pandemic hit, I have never experienced silence on on the street that I live, which is a very busy street, the way I have when this pandemic happened. That Hurricane Sandy, but that was only for like a day. And while it was silenced, the hurricane was there. So, you know, it wasn't really silent. But the pandemic, I was like, oh, my God, it I, I almost heard crickets. I don't know where they're coming from, but that's how quiet it was. And I've never experienced such quiet. I really got used to it. Like I could be in my living room at night and not hear one goddamn thing. At f- there was a point where at 5 p.m. for about a couple months, there was no horns honking. And I live next to a light, a stop. I mean, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of horns. If you listen, I'm recording this. Uh, I record the voices in our heads in my office, which is a closet. And it has a lot of soundproofing and the, uh, the closet door is closed. But when I do Guys We Fuck, that's in my living room. And it won't be for long because we're doing a studio now. Thank God. But you'll hear horns on it because it's Murray Hill and there's a lot of traffic. And boy, I hate these fucking drunk bitches. Chad, give me a beer. Chad, Chad, don't be a little bitch. You're such a dick. Uh, Just shut the fuck up, you know? I just, I don't, I want to live, I want a house in the sky. That's what I've been saying out loud. I want a house in the sky, meaning I want an apartment on like, fucking the 28th floor i want a high apartment i've never i've only had two apartments here in new york city one was on the second floor the other one's on the first floor give me something 10 and above okay i forget sometimes that like i can move (laughs) and i realize i really like comfort you know that's not something groundbreaking to say but i really relish in the fact that I've lived here for 11 years. I've lived in the same place for 11 years. Like I I really don't enjoy putting myself in uncomfortable situations, which that's going to change. I'm forcing myself to be uncomfortable in in more uh, facets of my life. Cuz not everything can be a warm blanket, Christina. Some shit's a little prickly little cactus, and you got to go, "Okay, let's figure out how to deal with this." And you're going to be stronger for it. Hopefully. Or it'll break you. We'll see. Who knows? But Murray Hill, don't come here. And I'm going to leave. Also, I realized I've never had a downstairs neighbor, ever. Because my apartment's two stories. It's on the first floor. Second level's in the basement. (laughs) Who's underneath me? Satan? Who cares? I don't care about that. And then when I lived on the second floor, underneath me was a deli. So I could, you know. So I've never lived in an apartment where 
I couldn't like stomp around and jump up and down without, you know, thinking, oh, am I pissing the neighbors off? And I'm very, I'm overly polite. I'm an overly polite neighbor. Like I, when I, I've had so many parties at this apartment and I've been so paranoid the whole time. Like I'll go to every floor, to every, uh, the floor above me to all the apartments and I'll put a note, I would put a note underneath their door and it would say, hey, this is Christina. This is the unit I live in. Here's my phone number. I'm gonna have a party on this night. If it's too loud, just text me. Like, that's how paranoid I was that I was going to disturb other people. And that's how much the energy I gave to what other people are thinking and not what am I thinking. And that's when you become an adult who doesn't know the fuck she is. And you go, well, let's start square one, I guess. What's my favorite color? I don't know. Rainbow. That's not really an answer. I hate Marie. Oh God, Marie Hill. Just, just go away. Just go away, bros. Go away. I graduated. I left Penn State ten years ago. Like I didn't want to come back to Penn State. This is the SantaCon capital of the world. And while it was cute for like eight years, the SantaCon thing, it really, it's getting old. Because it's like every night SantaCon, except minus the Santa suits, but you're just drunk and walking around and yelling. <sighs> Yeah. Oh man, if you if you haven't watched this documentary, it's not often that a documentary you know makes you feel nice feelings or like you know deep feelings that aren't anger. This this documentary is such a crip camp. Oh my god, it's on Netflix. Watch it. It's produced by Barack and Michelle Obama. <sighs> what a fucking feel! Like what a beautiful documentary this is. You gotta watch it. It's so beautiful about this camp. And they they had footage from the camp in the 70s, I think it was. And they would have the camp counselors. They were able-bodied people. And then they would have disabled uh, people. They People with... Um, was it ALS? I think some people had ALS. But there were people in wheelchairs. There were people who... Um, oh, wait, what? Uh, 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 oh, it's on the tip of my goddamn tongue. Kur, kur, with a C and an R. God damn it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to remember it. But there was a variations of handicap and disabilities, the campers, and they would just go and just be one. And there was just people in, this, in the 70s. It was in the middle of like flower power, no war, like love each other, all that stuff. And this camp was just this beautiful fucking summer camp where you weren't looked at as a person with a disability. You were looked at as a fucking human being. And people fell in love and STDs, got STDs because they were fucking and oh, my God. And then some of the campers are still married because they met there. And I'm like, oh, this is so sweet. It's really it, it it's a gr- beautiful reminder of how wonderful the human soul and spirit can be. OK. And it talks about, you know, times where if you were disabled, you couldn't go to school. And I was like, well, that's some fucking hell and some bullshit. And how all these laws came into place because people saw that a system that was real fucked up because systems are fucked up and we got to change them. We got to change them. So it's just such a beautiful documentary. If you, I, oh God, it's so beautiful. I, oh my God, I cried like a little bitch. It's it's really, it's a beautiful documentary. But it's not going to make you sad. It's going to renew your, it's going to renew your spirit. So I really highly recommend it. Went to the dentist for the first time in a, while oh boy oh boy guys (laughs) i have not been to the dentist and if i'm being honest it's probably five years i know i hear you go oh and i hear some people go oh it's not that long and i hear some people go you piece of shit ew i had not been to the dentist in a while and (laughs) And I went and I was like, oh boy, you're just going to have to really get past. Just who gives a shit? Just go to the goddamn dentist. And this woman who cleaned my teeth, she had, she had it. She had a lot. She had a big challenge. She did. She earned her paycheck that day. Goddamn. And she was like, yeah, you need to come in every like four months because this is bad. I'm like, okay, sorry. (laughs) Cause I guess for cleanings. Well, you're supposed to do it every year, but because I hadn't been in a while, they're like every six months. But then the lady got in my mouth and she's like, nah, every four months. But I didn't really have anything bad. She just had to clean it. 
and I need to floss more. Guys, fucking floss, okay? Honestly, I love flossing. It's fun. I think it's great, but I I forget to do it. But I got to put the floss out on the counter at night so you remember when you brush your teeth to floss as well. Just think of like, I don't know, if you could stomach it, watch like a video of a cavity getting filled or something, and then you go, ooh, this bitch gonna floss from now on. Let's floss, bitches. But I hate, oh, oh, and I, and I, oh, God, I hate when people are in my mouth and they take metal and they scrape metal against my teeth. I mean, oh, I don't want to be a part of that hell. I like, I, it, 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 oh, it grosses me out. I have like a visceral reaction to it. But I was like, Christina, you're just going to have to get the fuck over it. Put your big woman pants on and go to the goddamn dentist and be an adult citizen who takes care of herself. Because maybe if I take care of myself, I'll meet a man who will like me. <laughs> but really, it's so that I can, you know, not walk around with rotting teeth. Anyway, I got my teeth clean and it was great. And it, I was like, okay, you have a lot of anxiety about dentists, which is not uncommon. I think a lot of people have anxiety about dentists. No one loves the dentist um, unless you do, in which case, good for you. I'm happy for you. No, I'm happy for you. But I do not like it. And I wince and I bitch and I moan when it's not actually hurting. Like, I, uh, I give you a reaction as if I'm in pain. Because the woman was like, oh, is this okay? Is this hurting? I'm like, it doesn't hurt. I'm just weirded out. Sorry. Last time that I was in any sort of dental situation was years ago when I woke up with a chickmunk mouth because one of my wisdom teeth was uh, was coming out. And it, was, it wasn't good because it was my, my, my face was swollen. And I was so nervous. And the guy took pliers out. I went to NYU. The student one, because I do not have dental insurance. Didn't have it then. Don't have it now. What? Suck my dick. And uh, the guy who took my tooth out was this Russian guy. This Russian professor. And he, I couldn't get put to sleep. So he just had to take it out. Because it was coming out anyway. So I was like, all right. I mean, I've never had someone take a tooth out. Well, actually, I have a while ago. A while. Like when I was like a kid. But, um, you know, as an adult woman, this is the first time it's happening. So I was a little new and I'm a little freaked out. This motherfucker took a pair of pliers out of his toolbox as if he was about to like beat a necklace or like or like go into a carburetor and unscrew something like this tool looked like it belonged in my dad's garage. okay? and he goes open up and I'm like, what? That's not a dental thing. And he goes, yes, it is. And I'm like, oh, woo, here we go. And when I get uncomfortable, I laugh. And I start laughing my ass. I was crying. I was weeping. I was laughing because I was so nervous that this man was going to put some yard tools in my goddamn mouth hole. And he did. And he goes, ugh, you are weird. I'm like, yeah, I know. I've been told. I've been told. So that was the only dental situation. They didn't really clean my teeth then. They just had one job. And then I guess, you know, there's like newfangled technology or whatever and like dentists now. And this was like a cool dentist, like a like a like a like a curated Instagram dentist. Like that's the one I wanted to go to because I'm like, look, I don't like dentists. So if I'm going to go to one, I'm going to go to one with a fancy Instagram account and a nice lobby that smells good. That's exactly what I did. Yeah, just cough right into the mic, Christina. And... They, part of the new fangled technology that I've not experienced yet because I haven't been to the dentist since I was born, was a, a camera where they show you your mouth. And I was like, you know what? I don't even want to see it. Can you just, I don't have to, I don't want to see it. You just tell me. I don't need to see it because I still have three other wisdom teeth in and two of them are coming out like you're protruding, but they need to come out because I can't reach them with a toothbrush. So they had a lot of they had some buildup on them. And the woman was like, do you see this tooth? I'm like, yeah, I see it. And I was looking at the floor and she saw that I was looking at the floor. She goes, no, do you see like the buildup? I'm like, I don't you know what? Sometimes I just don't want to see everything. You could just tell me and I believe you. OK, I really don't like facing the truth all the time. Let me have this. Thank you. Just tell me it's bad and then remove it. You don't, I don't want to see it. It's fucking disgusting. And it's in my mouth. Ew. I'm going to barf. Don't fucking show me gross shit in my mouth. Just let me pretend that everything's fine. (laughs) And that's why, uh, you know, there's so many problems I've yet to address. Got a Mustang. I got a Mustang. I did it. Uh, I'm picking it up right after I'm done recording this episode, actually. 
I'm recording this the day before it comes out. Sorry, Mike. Sorry. Sorry. You know, you want to do things in advance, and then time just slips by when you're masturbating. And so I'm picking it up today, and I'm very excited. I'm so excited. I was also very nervous because for some reason, just like the moving out of this apartment, I'm like, wait, I can just get a car? And I'm like, Christina, you have money. I do. And you can do whatever you want with it. I can? Yes. I mean, just, you know, try and be, you know, not stupid about it, but you can get a fucking car. Mustangs are not that expensive. They're not? No, just get one. But there was a lot of inner inner turmoil. I don't know why. I mean, no, I do know why. There was a five-minute chunk where I was yelling at myself, like, what are you doing, you irresponsible piece of shit? You're just throwing money away and lighting it on fire. You're taking a doo-doo all over your money. You're just putting a match and lighting it on fire. But no, I'm not. And I kept having arguments in my head as if I were my parents. And I'm like, oh, my God. See, see what you're doing, Christina? Stop. Stop it. So I went to this dealership in Queens. It was a Ford dealership. There was a parrot in the dealership. And I was like, that's weird. Okay. I mean, I like that touch. I like it. But so the Mustang that I got was a two-door coupe GT. But they have the Mach 1 Mustang. And if you know anything about cars, that's a good motor. It's a good engine. And they have a Cobra. A Cobra Mustang. Oh, you know, your girl wanted that one with the spoiler. I think that actually only came in manual. The guy was like, do you want, first of all, I leased a Mustang from a child. This kid was 20 years old. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, he was super nice. Very sweet kid. But like he was 20. And it was just just weird because I was like, I'm going to go there. And like, I don't know, I'm probably going to come across this like guy my dad's age. He doesn't think I know shit about cars and whatever. Like I was already on the defense. Um, And it's just this like pleasant 20 year old child. And I was like, oh, okay, Hey, what's up? So I'm picking it up today. Um, I was supposed to pick it up on Monday, but uh, they sold the one that they originally, I, I leased it. They sold the one that they originally leased me. The guy, the guy, this 20-year-old child calls me. And he's like, I got good news and I got bad news. And I was like, can we just never start a phone call that way? I got good news and I got bad news. Don't dangle this shit. Just fucking tell me. First of all, it was all bad news. None of it was good. They sold the car that they leased me. So I was like, okay, why'd you do that? <laughs> That's what I said. I mean, whatever. People, I don't, it's not the end of the world. Who cares? But I was like, why'd you do that? And he's like, I didn't do it. I'm like, sorry. Why did they do that? Sorry. I know you didn't do it. And he's like, I don't know. I'm like, all right, cool, man. Uh, So can I get another one? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I'm like, all right, cool. Real official. So I'm going to pick it up today. So hopefully it's a good, but I looked at the paperwork because I had to put a deposit down. And the paperwork, it said my address. And then under the name, it said Christina, spelt C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-A. This kid took a photocopy of my driver's license. Christina Hawkinson. And I was like, that's not my name. That's not my name. And then the last thing I told the kid yesterday after the good news, bad news call, I was like, hey, uh, also, I don't know, you know, because I want to get insurance and the, you know, the whole license plate thing. I don't want this car registered to Christina Hawkinson. That's not my name. My name's Christina Hutchinson. He's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'm like, it's fine. Okay. I mean, men just don't give a shit and they're just real chill. And women are like, not as much. So, or at least I'm not. And so I'm pretty chill in a lot of areas, but I'm like, you know what? My name doesn't got to be. It's okay if my name's not right on the, on the paperwork. Well, it was a receipt. But I was like, that's not my name. Christina Hawkinson is not my name. It's like that Ting Ting song. That's not my name. That's not my name. And then I kept saying, singing that all day. I was like, that's not my name. That's not my name. That's not how they sing it, but that's how I was singing it. So Christina Hawkinson got a shit-ass fucking Mustang waiting for her, the dealership in Queens, okay? <clears throat> I'll talk about that next week. You know, I have all these like things I want to talk about and then like I don't get to all of it because I just have so much fun on this podcast and then I look down and I'm like, it's only been like five minutes. No, it's been 38 minutes and 38 seconds. So that's pretty cool. Let's read some emails. Let's read some emails. And then I'm going to introduce to you the book that we're going to be doing a deep dive into. We're going to do we're going to go back into a book. I'm going to read the first chapter of it. That's called the introduction. I'll get to that in a second. But first, let me read some fucking emails of all y'all being magical as shit and psychic as shit and seeing angels and demons and babies and bitches. Okay, if you have a story 
or an ability or anything that you want to talk about that's within the realm of death isn't real, time's bullshit, we're all just tricked into society and thinking we got to follow these rules that we don't really want, have to follow, and we just live our lives and lead with our heart. You know, if you have any ghost stories or any, you know, I'm a psychic or my mom's a psychic or anything cool that I can share with all of you that will further prove to you that death is not the the final the final act. Yes, your physical body dies, but your spirit continues, okay? So please, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. There was um Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. I was really stoned last night when I was looking through the emails cuz I was preparing. And I was like, "You know what? Let me prepare in advance for this podcast." Because I'm a grown-ass woman and I'm a professional, okay? And there was a uh, listener who emailed me. I forget what she said, but I remember going, yes, I do want that service. She's like, I can help you be psychic and shit. And I was like, thank you. Please help me be psychic and shit. I've had listeners email me who are psychic and gave me like a reading. Don't worry. I saged myself before just so we're all protecting each other or whatever. I don't know if that shit works, but I tried it. And uh, apparently May is going to be a really big month for me. And it's May. So just say not that out loud. Okay. So, yeah, the voices in our heads podcast at gmail.com. Please share these stories. These stories. I fucking love these stories so much. And I know you do, too, because you tell me. So keep sending them. I mean, don't make it up. But tell me about your gift. The subject line of this email is a lifetime with the gift and possibly being an angel of death. Ooh, spooky. <clears throat> Hold on, I'm not done coughing yet. <clears throat> you know, I shouldn't eat a cheese thing before I record. That's what it is. Sorry, guys. Hello, Christina and Kevin. Kevin, this lady says hello. Okay, he's sleeping. I'm a few weeks behind, so I'm hoping you will still be reading these emails. I have a love-hate relationship with my gift. I have had it for as long as I can remember. When I was a child, spirits would come up to my bed and look at me for what seemed to be every night. Oh, God, just staring, huh? That's it? Oh, I'd be so pissed. I never spoke a word of this at the time, but I would be so scared that I would lay as close to the wall as possible and try hard not to face the openness of the room. Oh, wait, shoot. This is the car guy. Hold on. Hello? Hello? Hi. Hey, uh, it's Josh. Oh, hi. How are you? Good, good. Um, real quick. So there's this front bracket that uh, we can put in the Mustang. Oh, wait, a bracket? Yeah, front plate bracket. Okay. So some people don't put it, some people do, some people don't like it. What What does the bracket do? It's, it's, a, it's a plate in the front. Oh, like a license plate? Yeah, yeah, the plate, the license plate. Um, nah, in the, just in the back is fine. Just in the back, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't need it in the front. Yeah, Thanks for asking. We put the hose, once we plug them hose, it doesn't come out. Okay, cool. That's what she said. Yep, I'll see you in an hour. Yay, I'm so excited. Do I need to bring anything special with me or just myself? Yourself. Okay, well, that can be done. I'll see you soon. Uh, All right. Thank you. I thought that was going to be more salacious, but that was just Joss, the child, telling me that I could pick up my car in an hour. (laughs) He's a very sweet kid. Um, Okay, anyway. I was like, is he going to tell me that they sold that car too? Well, I'm getting this on air. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So she has a love-hate relationship and a lot of spirits would come to her bed. That is so... Oh, you poor thing. That's terrifying. Especially if you don't talk to anybody about it, which I get. Okay. Let's continue on with this email. While I have years of stories, for the sake of time, I will tell you some recent ones. Lately, I have been feeling like an angel of death. Mmm, who's horny? When I still lived at my mom's house, I was eating breakfast one morning and thought to myself, what would we ever do if one of our cats was hit by a car? That day, when I came home from school, my mom told me that our favorite cat was hit by a car and was dead. Oh, that blows. I have those kind of thoughts all the time, but they never happen. Fuck. Oh, girl, that's not fun. A few months before I had to put my dog to sleep, oh, I had a dream that something sudden happened and I had to put him to sleep. My full-on sobs woke me up. I had one of those salt rock lights and the bulb went out and I knew something bad was going to happen. Fuck. Shortly after, something sudden happened and I had to put my dog to sleep. 
I put a new bulb in the light and it went out prematurely. As soon as it went out, I knew someone was going to die. I found out that night that my cousin's grandfather died. Fuck. Last oh, shit, you gotta keep that light, I guess. If you I'm like it's good to have a heads up, I guess. Shit, I wouldn't want a heads up about my death. Even though death is not real, but I still would not want a heads up on my fake death. Last Thanksgiving, I did a seance with my aunt and cousin, and I was sent an image of my grandmother and her second husband. At the time, I thought he was just letting me know that he was there for her as she had been in the nursing home for years with dementia. A week later, I found out that she was being put on hospice. Because she was put on hospice, she was able to have a few visitors. I had a day off, and I went to visit her on a Tuesday. I knew that I had to tell her that it was okay for her to go. I sat with her for hours that day. She was unable to speak, but I knew she, uh, I knew she knew who I was. I told her everything I personally wanted to tell her as my goodbye. I called my mom so that my mom she could talk to her and say her goodbyes. I told my <clears throat> excuse me. I told my grandmother that she's the strongest person I know, and that it was okay if she couldn't be strong anymore. That was uh, that that it was okay for her to go. I was the only one who visited her. She passed away that evening. Damn. Well, that's so beautiful, though. See, that's beautiful. That you could have that moment with her. Oh, I used to smoke weed every night to avoid having dreams because things that I dreamt about kept happening. Oh, girl, that's terrible. But now I think that uh, I'm in a good place with my gift. I was able to be that person for my grandmother, and I am glad I was able to tell her what I told her. Something you can try doing. Oh, yeah. Something you could try doing as an exercise for your third eye is to meditate before you go to bed and let three things pop into your head that you will see the next day. You will see those three items randomly throughout the day. Thanks for reading a loyal listener. That's right. I forgot because I read this email last night and I wrote things down in my journal, things that I was going to see. But I was like, do I make them up? Do I pick them or do they just come into my head? So I just let them come into my head and it was like a bunch of weird shit. A yellow baseball cap. And a purple elephant, a purple cartoon elephant, and a rainbow diamond. That was what it was. So, I mean, it's only, what time is it? 2.06. So, I haven't seen him. Have I seen him yet? Well, now I just got reminded to watch out for him. So, maybe I will. Okay, next email. Subject line, ghosts, soulmates, and love. Ooh, I love two of those. Well, I love all three of those. Hi, Christina. My name is, uh, I don't know if it's okay to say it. Um. Courtney, and I'm a fourth grade teacher. I'm loving your deep dive into life after death and ghost stories. I thought you will probably enjoy mine. It happened three years ago in my hometown. It was a sunny Sunday, and I was grabbing lunch with my mom at a Thai restaurant in town. This restaurant has large floor-to-ceiling windows, so as you walk in, you see these tables and people eating, etc. While walking in, I saw an elderly woman and man eating together at a table. The elderly woman was staring at me intensely while we walked in and while we waited for our table. I thought she might be a grandparent of one of those students. I meet so many parents, siblings, grandparents, etc. It's hard to keep track of who I know. Girl, I hear you. And I smiled at her and debated walking over to say hi. I was a little uneasy with how she was staring at me. The waitress seated us next to the couple, like uh, almost like an L shape for how we were sitting. So my right, uh, so my right side of my body and face were across from the woman's back, and she was facing the old man. Essentially, if I were to turn and look, I'd see the old man's face. Uh, but not the woman's. Once we were seated, I forgot about the staring and looked at the menu and ordered my food, etc. After we ordered and we were eating, I noticed the old man got his bill, but there was no old woman and no dirty plate in her spot. Ooh! Just the old man and his plate, which a waitress was grabbing. My heart sank and I asked my mom, quote, <clears throat> Hey, was that man eating with someone? And my mom said, No, why? At this point, the old man had left and I was seriously contemplating if I was losing my mind because I knew I saw her. I asked my mom again, are you sure that she was he was eating alone? Maybe he was eating with someone that left early? My mom told me the same thing. No, she didn't see anyone and she was getting weirded out as well. I told my mom what I had seen and she was just as freaked out as I was. To be completely sure I saw what I saw, I called the waitress over and asked her if the old man was eating alone or with an old woman. She told me that he was alone and asked me why. I told her why, and she freaked out and said, oh, my God, his wife died a month ago, and they used to come here every Sunday for dinner together. Oh, fuck. Woo! Woo! Girl, you see a ghost. To which I, my mom, and the waitress all kind of freaked. I told her to tell him next time he is there, he is not alone, and she is still di <clears throat> dining with him every Sunday. Oh! 
I'm going to cry. I firmly believe that now she has passed on and she has decided to keep their tradition alive and join him for Thai food every Sunday. Or I think because she was there so frequently, maybe her residual energy was still there. I believe I was meant to see her so I could get the message to her husband. And maybe that that is why she was staring at me so intensely. Oh, yeah, she was staring at you. Uh, I've had a few things like this happen to me, and I think I might just be a little more in tune or sensitive to that type of stuff. Anyway, I hope you like my story and I hope you read it live. Well, I did, girl. Thank you. That's so fucking cool. And it's also cool that you like you don't see him everywhere because I imagine that uh, like Laura Lynn Jackson said she can turn it off and on. She had to figure out a system. But and but then like e- e- even with her system, sometimes people just come through because they need to get a message to, you know, a person. But I, I imagine that's got to be exhausting seeing them all the time. Okay, last email. And this email is not a ghost story. This is just um, an introduction to the book we're doing. Hi, Christina. My name is Beverly. You could say it on the podcast. I was the woman on the Oscars YouTube Live that recommended letting go. You have no idea how excited I am for you to read this book and that you are telling your listeners about it because this book changes lives. I know this sounds like an ad for this book, but there's no sponsor. No one's paying me to talk about this book. I just thought that this was a good introduction because this was the woman. I was doing an Instagram Live with Donna. And she said, read Letting Go. And for whatever reason, I get all book, all these book recommendation, uh, recommendations day in and day out. Every once in a while, I'll get one and I go, something inside me will go, you need to read this book. And I'll immediately buy the book. This was one of those cases. This woman was like, you got to read this book. Um, I have seen it take multiple people in my life from level 20, which is shame, well beyond to level 200, which is courage. This is the level where you switch from a negative vibration to a positive vibration. I have multiple copies of this book, even though I personally listen to it because I give them out all the time. I have been sitting around level 600 to 800, humble brag, good for you, girl, for over a year now. And that is due to the letting go method and my having listening to this book a lot. There's a couple things I thought it might be helpful to share. If you get stuck on a chapter, that's okay. It likely means you have more work to do at that level. So reread it and let it go because you will move on when you are ready. Also, after listening, reading through it once or twice, I found it helpful to test for the level that I'm currently at and go to that chapter or, uh, or one before and listen from there. Good luck and much love. So... With no further ado, without further ado, what's the saying? I'm going to read to you chapter one, which is the introduction. And so for the Patreon bonus episodes, at least one of them this month is going to be um, a continuation of the deep dive. Because obviously I can't read every single piece of this book. I can't cover everything. But because I'm doing bonus episodes on the Patreon, some of those bonus episodes I'm going to be continuing um, on with the book and then skipping around. Uh, on the regular episodes. So if you want to hear that, subscribe to my Patreon. Uh, But yeah, let's get into it. This is Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by Dr. David R. Hawkins. I, when this woman had recommended it to me on the YouTube Live, so many other people were like, yo, you got to read this. And and I've listened to the audiobook once. I'm going to be listening. This is a book, I can tell this is a book that's going to stay with me for forever. Uh, much like the four agreements, like I think about them often. This book is pretty fucking good because look, we got to dive into our bullshit, right? If you have childhood trauma, dive into that, right? I've been diving into it. There's got to be a point where you got to fucking move past it, right? That's letting go to me. It For me personally, it's helpful to figure out why I behave the way I behave. But now my next thing is I want to stop it because I'm going to fix it. Right? So I'm going to let go. So I'm going to read to you chapter one, which is the introduction. (sighs) Pull up a chair, guys. While in contemplation one day, the mind said, what in the world is wrong with us? Why doesn't happiness stay put? Where are the answers? How do we address the human dilemma? Have I gone nuts or has the world gone crazy? The solution to any problem seems to bring only a brief relief, for it is the very basis of the next problem. (laughs) You're telling me, Daddy Hawkins. You're telling me, okay? The mind just kept chattering along. Does anybody have the secret? Don't worry, everyone's desperate. Some seem cool about it. Quote, I can see, I can't see what all the fuss is about, they say. Life seems pretty simple to me. They are so scared and they can't even look at it. That used to be me, but now it's not me, so ha ha. Oh God, this chapter so, this chapter made me laugh. Hold on, I have to open the door because I'm sweating. 
but this chapter made me laugh because it lists like he basically I mean I'll get to it but he's basically like you've probably tried all these things to be happy and it's all literally a list of everything I've tried and I'm like wait that doesn't work oops Uh, how about the experts? Their confusion is more sophisticated, wrapped in impressive jargon and elaborate mental construction. They have predetermined belief systems into which they try to squeeze you. It seems to work for a while, and then it is just back to one's original state again. It used to be that we could count on social institutions, but they have had their day. Nobody trusts them anymore. We now have more watchdogs than institutions. The hospitals are monitored by multiple agencies. Nobody has time for the patients who get lost in the shuffle. Look down the corridors. There's no doctors or nurses. They're all in offices doing paperwork. The whole scene is dehumanized. Well, you say, there have to be some experts who have the answers. When upset, you go to a doctor or a psychiatrist, an analyst, a social worker, or an astrologer. Well, yeah, so astrologers are good, though. You take up religion, get philosophy, take the airhead uh, seminars training, EST. Tap yourself with EFT. Yes, I've done that. All those. You get your chakras balanced. Try some reflexology or go for ear acupuncture or iridology. Get healed with lights and crystals. What do you mean crystals don't work? You meditate, chant a mantra, drink green tea. Yeah, those are all good things. Try the Pentecostals. Breathe in fire. Well, I wouldn't do that. And speak in tongues. You get centered, learn NLP, try actualizations, work on visualizations, study psychology, join a Jungian group. You get rolfed. I don't know what that means. Try psychedelics. Yeah, so I've tried mushrooms. Shut up. Get a psychic reading. Well, yeah. Jog, jazzercise, have colonics. I've done all these things. Get into nutrition and aerobics. Hang upside down. I've also done that at my new gym. Wear psychic jewelry. So sometimes wearing a crystal around your neck's helpful. Get more insight, biofeedback, gesalt therapy. You see your homeopath, chiropractor, naturopath. You try kinesiology, discover your enneagram type, get your meridians balanced. Damn it, these are all things I've done. Join a consciousness-raising group. Take tranquilizers. (laughs) I haven't done that. I don't want to go to sleep. I'm tired as it is. You get some hormone shots. Try cell salts. What the fuck is that? Have your minerals balanced. Pray, implore, and beseech. You learn astral projection. (laughs) Sounds real personal. Become a vegetarian. Eat only cabbage. I was considering that. Try macrobiotics. Go organic. Eat no GMO. Well, I mean, yeah. Meet up with Native American medicine men. Do a sweat lodge. Try Chinese herbs. Moxie combustion. Shiatsu or Shih Tzu? Uh, That's the dog. (laughs) Acupressure. Feng Shui. You go to India. Find a new guru. Take off your clothes. Swim in the Ganges. Stare at the sun. If you're Donald Trump, shave your head. I would love to do that. Eat with your fingers. Get really messy. Shower in cold water. I've also done that. (laughs) Because I heard that it balances your hormones out. (laughs) Sing tribal chants. Relive past lives. (laughs) Aw. Try hypnotic regression. Damn it! (laughs) This motherfucker calling me out. Scream a primal scream. Yeah. Punch pillows. (laughs) Yeah. Get Feldenkrais. I don't know what that is. Join a marriage encounter group. Marriage encounter group. Whoa. Go to Unity. Write affirmations. Well, I do write affirmations. Thank you, David. Make a vision board. Fuck off. Get rebirthed. Cast the I Ching. Do the tarot cards. Well, study Zen. Take more courses and workshops. Read lots of books. Man, this motherfucker call me out. Do transactional analysis. Get yoga lessons. Get into the occult. Study magic. God damn it. Work with the Kuhana. Take a shamanic journey. Yeah. Sit under a pyramid. Read Nostradamus. Prepare for the worst. Go on a retreat. (laughs) Yeah, I've done that. Try fasting. I was about to try that. Take amino acids. What, that's not good? Get a negative ion generator. I do have two of those. (laughs) So desperate to be happier. (laughs) Join a mystery school. I don't know what that is, but sounds like something up my alley. Learn a secret handshake. Try toning. Try color therapy. Try subliminal tapes. I've done all those. (laughs) 
Take brain enzymes, antidepressants, flower remedies, go to health spas, cook with exotic ingredients, look into strange fermented oddities from faraway places, go to Tibet, hunt up holy men. What? That sounds like a fun sexual activity. Hold hands in a circle and get high. Again, very fun sexual activity. Renounce sex and going to the movies. Would never do that. Wear some yellow robes. Join a cult. <laughs> try try the endless varieties of psychotherapy. Yep. <laughs> Take wonder drugs. Subscribe to lots of journals. <laughs> yep. Oh, I've done all this shit. Try the Pritinkin diet. Eat just grapefruit. Get your palm red. I've tried to read my own palm and I have a book on it. Thank you very much, David Hawkins. Think new age thoughts. Improve the ecology. Save the planet. Get an aura reading. Carry a crystal. Fuck off. Get a Hindu a side reel. Astrological interpretation. <laughs> These are all things that I've done. Visit a trans medium. Don't know what that is. Go for sex therapy. Try tantric sex. Any sex would do, David. Any sex. Get blessed by Baba somebody. Join an anonymous group. Travel to Lourdes. Soak in the hot springs. Join Erica. Erica. Wear therapeutic sandals. What? Therapeutic sandals? Guys. Get grounded. Get more prana. And breathe out the stale black negativity. Try golden needle acupuncture. Check out snake gallbladders. Try chakra breathing. Well, I haven't done any of that crazy shit, so here you go. Get your aura cleaned. Meditate in Chops, the Great Pyramid in Egypt. You and your friends have tried all of the above, you say? Oh, the human. You wonderful creature. Well, we're just trying to be better, Daddy Hawkins. Jesus Christ. Tragic, comic, and yet so noble. <laughs> Such courage to keep on searching. What drives us to keep looking for an answer? Suffering? Oh, yes. Hope? Certainly. But there is something more than that. Intuitively, we know that somewhere there is an ultimate answer. We stumble down dark byways into cul-de-sacs and blind alleys. We get exploited and taken, disillusioned, fed up, and we keep on trying. Where is our blind spot? Why can't we find the answer? We don't understand the problem. That's why we can't find the answer. Maybe it's ultra simple and that's why we can't see it. Maybe the solution is not out there and that's why we can't find it. Maybe we have so many belief systems that we are blinded to the ob obvious. Throughout history, a few individuals have reached great clarity and have experienced the ultimate solution to our human woes. How did they get there? What was their secret? Why can't we understand what they had to teach? Is it really next to impossible or nearly hopeless? What about the average person who is not a spiritual genius? I don't know about y'all, but I'm a spiritual genius, so fuck all y'all, okay? Just kidding. Multitudes follow spiritual pathways, but scarce are the ones who finally succeed and realize the ultimate truth. Why is that? We follow ritual and dogma and zealousy, practice spiritual discipline, and we crash once again. Yeah, I feel very seen and heard, Mr. Hawkins. Even when it works, the ego quickly comes in and we are caught in pride and smugness, thinking we have the answers. Oh, Lord, save us from the ones who have the answers. Save us from the righteous. Save us from the do-gooders. Confusion is our salvation. For the confused, there is still hope. Oh, good point. Fuck you, but also good point. Hang on to your confusion. In the end, it is your best friend. Well, that's good because I'm real confused a lot of the time. Your best defense against the deathliness of others' answers, against being raped by their ideas. That's very strong language, and I don't agree with that, and you're a man, so I don't really know that I want to hear you talking about rape, but whatever. If you are confused, you are still free. If you are confused, this book is for you. <sighs> okay. What's in this book? It tells of a simple method to reach great clarity and transcend your problems along the way. It's not by finding the answers, but by undoing the basis of the problem. The state reached by the great sages of history is available. The solutions are within us and easy to find. The mechanism of surrender is simple and the truth is self-evident. It works during daily life. There is no dogma or belief system. You verify everything for yourself so you cannot be misled. There is no dependence on any teachings. It follows the dicta of know thyself. The truth shall set you free and the kingdom of God is within you. Now, and now look, I don't, the whole God stuff, doesn't matter what you think about it. You don't have to believe in anything. It's fine. I'm just going to say that. It works for the cynic, the pragmatist, the religionist, and the atheist. It works for any age or cultural background. It works for the spiritual person and the non-spiritual person alike. Because the mechanism is your own, nobody can take it away from you. You are safe from disillusionment. 
you will find out for yourself what is real and what are just the mind's programs and belief systems. Well, that's good because I've been confused for a real long time, Mr. Hawkins. While all of this is going on, you will become healthier, more successful with less effort, happier, and more capable of real love. Well, that sounds nice, doesn't it? Your friends will notice a difference. The changes are permanent. You aren't going to go for a high and crash later. You will discover there is an automatic teacher within yourself. And I got to be honest, guys, because I already read the book and I'm going to read it again. I'm going to probably read it more times than that. But I've been doing this technique that he talks about, which is letting go. And people are saying, like, I get carded for buying alcohol. And they're like, wow, you look really young. And no one ever says that to me. And I'm like, well, thank you. And I, I know I quit smoking, so maybe that's it too. But I just, I have a youthful spirit. Uh, yeah. Uh, eventually you will discover your inner self. You always unconsciously knew it was there. When you come upon it, you will understand what the great sages of history were trying to convey. You will understand it because truth is self-evident and within your own self. This book is written with you, the reader, constantly in mind. It is easy, effortless, and enjoyable. Those are three E's that your girl loves. There is nothing to learn or memorize. You will become lighter and happier as you read it. The material will automatically start bringing you the experiences of freedom as you read through the pages. You are going to feel the weights being removed. Thank God! Everything you do will become more enjoyable. You are in for some happy surprises about your life. Things are going to get better and better. And it's okay to be skeptical. We've taken down the primrose path before, so be as skeptical as you like. Indeed, it's advisable to avoid gushing enthusiasm. See, now that part I feel like that was directly to me. Because, you know, you girl gushes with enthusiasm a lot over stuff. It is a setup for a letdown later. I know, Corinne always tells me that. And I'm like, nah, you're just jealous because you don't want me to be happy. And that's just not true. Therefore, rather than enthusiasm, quiet observation will serve you better. I got to get that tattooed on my goddamn forehead. Is there such a thing as something for nothing in the universe? Oh, yes. Most certainly there is. It's your own freedom, which you have forgotten and don't know how to experience. What is being offered to you is not something that has to be acquired. It is not something that is new or outside of yourself. It is already yours and merely has to be reawakened and rediscovered. It will emerge of its own nature. The purpose of sharing this approach is merely to put you in touch with your own inner feelings and experiences. In addition, there is much helpful information that your mind will want to know. The process of surrender will begin automatically, for it is the, uh, for it is the nature of the mind to seek relief from pain and suffering and to experience greater happiness. Well, I mean, God damn it, y'all. So yeah, we're going to start that deep dive into this fucking book. And I have all these highlighted sections, but if you want to get it and read along, we're going to cover a couple chapters next week and then a couple chapters in the bonus episode and then a couple chapters on the regular episode. So sign up for my fucking Patreon if you want. <laughs> Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender by David R. Hawkins. Guys, this is Christina Hawkinson signing out. I love you. I'll talk to you next week. They call me hell. They call me Stacy. They call me hell.